Hello, and welcome to Practically Political. I'm Dave Spencer. And I'm Carrie Sheffield. Let's get right to it. Let's talk about Afghanistan. What is the path forward for America and for Biden? His approval rating has crashed for the first time below 50%. Now with this tragedy in Kabul, and Afghan women are imperiled by a brutal Taliban regime. I don't know how Joe Biden is going to recover from this. Some people are saying, oh, it's just foreign. It's, it's just one news cycle. He'll be done. He'll weather through it. He's weathered through worse. I don't think people should look the other way personally. I think that he should be held accountable. I think he should be removed from office. But if he's not going to be thrown out, he needs to be certainly in 2024 voted out. What do you think, Dave? Well, I agree. I think this is a debacle in, in every stretch of the way. And it's very funny because somebody said that this was the only thing that Donald Trump and Joe Biden agreed on. And I have to say he's handled it in a most Trumpian way from uh, incredible incompetence to a speech that was totally devoid of empathy and accountability. But here's the thing, Kerry. Donald Trump was the most inexperienced and unqualified foreign policy president we've ever had. Joe Biden was supposed to be one of the most qualified. This is the kind of thing that we would never expect from him. And I would just say a couple of other things. First of all, this argument about Obama's defense secretary said we should expect this because he said that Biden was wrong on every major foreign policy issue in the last 40 years. But OK. Well, I, you know, I'm just talking about experience now. Opinion is a different thing, but you're right. People will agree with him or disagree with him. But but what, what I would say is my main problem with this is this is not a war. The last casualty we had in Afghanistan was February 2020. This is a presence. We have 35,000 troops in South Korea. We have troops in Japan. We have troops in Germany. They're there to maintain an environment, to, make, to assure, ensure certain things don't happen. Were we ever going to take over uh, the Taliban? No, because they're tribal, because they got haven in Pakistan. We were never going to beat them, but we were able to have a civil society and allow a generation of Afghan women to grow up, uh, being able to go to college and get jobs. Now all that is out the window. Plus, what really worries me is the guy who's in charge of the Taliban is the same guy who really harbored Os Osama bin Laden. So I just think it's a terrible thing, and I don't think Biden will recover it. I think it's going to be a blight that's going to hurt the, the Dems next year and in 24. All right. Let's move to the next topic, inflation. One of my favorite topics to talk about. It's a big problem. Dave, it, it spiked by 5.4% in July after the same amount in June. Many economists and most of the American people, according to polling from Harvard and uh, Harris-X, say that the continued government spending would spike inflation even higher because of inflation. For example, a $50,000 nest egg lost almost $2,000 of purchasing power in the past seven months alone. That hurts retirees. And even though we've had a rise in weekly earnings since January up by 1559, because of the ravages of inflation, the real wages have actually dropped by 899, the largest real dollar drop in wages since the BLS began collecting the data in 2006. So we're now getting pay cuts instead of on paper, it says a pay raise. People are feeling the pinch. Do you think that finally we're going to stop the government binge spending, do you, first of all? And then second of all, do you think, do you personally, Dave, think that uh, government spending contributes to inflation? Well, I I would, I think what we've spent so far is fine. I, in, in my world, we would do the $1 trillion infrastructure bill that was passed bipartisanly, and that would be it. We don't need the human infrastructure, as they euphemistically call it. But let's put that aside for a moment and get to the core thing. 
is this inflation? Is it something to really worry about? And I will say that this does remind me of the 70s in only one way, and that is that it's front page news. Everybody's talking about it. You're hearing about it all over. But if you let's let's take a look at a couple of things. First of all, I still maintain that most of these price increases are a result of a COVID bounce back that caused a surge in demand uh, with thin inventories and supply chain issues. Also, people were shying away from services, right? You couldn't go to the hotels or the movies, so they took a lot of their pent up money and spent it even more on goods. So I still maintain that this is not a long-term thing. I think that it may go through the end of the year, but this is not the 70s. And most importantly, the question we should be asking, does this require action from the Fed, which means slower growth and higher unemployment? And my answer to that is unequivocally no. All right, we shall see. Now, let's move to our debate segment, our final topic. Dave, the big question is, do you think that today on this date here in August 2021, that we would be better off under a different president as opposed to Joe Biden? If so, who would that be? Well, uh, I would say the lesser of evils. I mean, my I would be happiest if we were in the second term of a Kasich or a Bush administration, okay? That would be my perfect scenario, but obviously that didn't happen. So given the circumstances and given the fact that you and I agree on Trump, I think he was, disagree on Trump. I mean, I think he was the worst president. You, you know, you certainly think more, more highly of him. But putting that aside, I think that Biden overall, and Afghanistan, I have to say, is a real blight. But Prior to Afghanistan, I thought he had done an okay job. I thought he'd handled COVID well. And what I liked about him was that he tried to come in and say, okay, I'm going to govern the old fashioned way. I'm going to try to get people to agree with me. I'm going to try to, you know, do it the way politicians used to do it. His major mistake, and this is such a classic mistake, is that he, he mistook a narrow, narrow margin for a mandate. And I don't think he necessarily mistook it, but I think he got steamrolled a little bit by a Democratic Party that, while it hasn't gone nearly as much to the left as the Republican Party has to the right, has significantly lurched leftward. And I think that, again, they're they're trying to get everything under the sun through. So far, I think what's been passed is okay. As I said before, I would not want any other major legislation spending-wise other than an, an uh, infrastructure bill. That was the $1 trillion bipartisan bill. So as far as who else would do a better job, um, I must admit, I, in Ron DeSantis's stock has gone way down the way he's handled this whole COVID thing. I believe that there shouldn't be mandates. I don't think you should require schools to make kids wear masks. And I don't think you should ban schools from requiring kids to wear masks. I think government works best when decisions are made closest to those who are being governed. And that's something that both parties seem to not be paying much attention to these days. Hmm. Well, I'm going to take a different tack. Surprise, surprise, Dave, because I think that if we had a different president, someone like a Ron DeSantis or even a Donald Trump, uh, that we'd be in a much better position, not only on Afghanistan, let's just stick with foreign policy for now. We both agreed this was an unmitigated disaster. But Trump would have done the same thing. Trump would have had the troops out by May 1st. I don't think so. No, no. Because he wanted to invite the Taliban to Camp David. I mean, it's ludicrous. 
No, but but his was conditions-based. It was a conditions-based withdrawal. But they hadn't met any of the conditions. He, he, he was still... Anyway, we'll, we, we'll agree to disagree. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was the point. The Taliban had not, had not met the conditions. So Trump was not going to pull the troops out because the conditions hadn't been met. Not to mention the, the timeline for everything. Mike Pence just wrote an op-ed about this, that uh, basically the way that Biden did it, he rejected the timeline and the stipulations that were put in place by the Trump administration. So for Biden to be cowardly and to, to blame Trump for his abject failure is a total non sequitur. Not to mention he said his hands were tied and Biden has shown no fear of ever uh, throwing out anything that his predecessor did that he disagreed. I agree. I agree. Fair point. Let's talk about foreign policy when it comes to oil and the hypocrisy. So, uh, Sullivan from the foreign policy team and, and the State Department, um, they've been begging OPEC to increase their oil production. Why? Because we need more fossil fuels. That's what they say, because they see the inflation. The Biden administration is getting antsy about inflation. And they said, they told OPEC, hey, you're making the prices increase and that's hurting us at home with inflation. Can you please increase your carbon footprint? So the hypocrisy, the utter hypocrisy for Biden to do this while meanwhile here squeezing domestic oil producers, squeezing carb manufacturers here domestically, this is the opposite of the America First agenda. This is OPEC first, Americans last. Um, and oh yeah, it's OPEC plus. That includes Russia too. It's a big fat kiss to Russia. It's a big fat kiss to the foreign Middle East countries uh, asking them while squeezing uh, Americans and saying, oh, we, 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 need a, we need to do moral posturing here on climate change. Meanwhile, they're begging uh, foreigners to produce more carbon. So I, it, that's just a tiny minuscule. I could go on. So I, I, I think anybody but any Democrat and you're, I totally agree with you that Biden has been a total Trojan horse, that he's been yanked left. I would argue that he's actually been yanked farther, further to the left than anyone uh, has gone to the right. Uh, but we can talk about that another time. Well, I would just say a couple of things. First of all, the price of oil is down today. Number one, I agree with you that it was hypocritical to you know shut down the Keystone Pipeline and then ask OPEC to increase output. But... I also believe that higher energy prices hurt us in the short run, but they're good in the long run because they're going to encourage alternative energies. So, you know, it seems like once again, uh, you look at the Trump administration and my major problem was it's okay to say we don't need more regulations, right? Because what corporations fear most is uncertainty. Existing regulations are already priced into their business model. But what did Trump do? He gutted environmental regulations. Clean water laws, clean air laws, power plant laws, wetlands laws, just as a sellout to the fossil fuel industry. And I'm sorry, but if you look at, I think the most important thing is preserving our democracy. And after the election, the things that Trump has pulled and the way the party is trying to whitewash January 6th with some people saying, oh, it's just like a busy tourist day. To me, you know, if we don't have a democracy, we can't have these debates. So, yes, the, the Democrats are bad, but if you look at the how autocratic the GOP has come and you look at a lot of the way that they're trying to, that the system is trying to be rigged because they realize, look, demographically we're screwed. And you look at the census and again, the, the suburban areas and places like Texas are consolidating. That's going to help Democrats. So the only way to, to do it is to rig the system and preserve 
white minority rule. There's no other reason these laws would be passed. Now, I don't think they're as draconian as some people do, but it's the impetus behind them that should be worrisome. So, you know, I will take a look at a serious Republican candidate in 2024. And uh, but because I think Biden is only going to be a one term president. And I think Kamala Harris is one of the most unimpressive politicians I've ever seen. So I, I'm wide open. But I, I, I don't think we, our democracy would have survived a second Trump administration. I know that sounds harsh, but I really believe it's true. We can agree to disagree, Dave. That's what the show's all about. <laughs> awesome. I love our I love our conversations. Well, it's been great having you folks. That does it for another episode of Practically Political. I'm Dave Spencer. I'm Carrie Sheffield. Make sure to follow us on social media and keep this conversation going. We love the back and forth. See you next time.